Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. In a moment, you will meet someone who will take you on a mystery's journey from all over the world. From all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Don't wanna fuck with your mouth all glued up with Connie juice. I asked you a question. Oh my god, this girl's really turning me on. Suck me sideways. Are you gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie? Hollywood's motorcycle madhouse on iHeartRadio. This is James Hollywood Machikari, and welcome to episode 55. Today we're going to be joined by Chris. He's a millennial, and he's going to give uh, the opposite end of the viewpoint of his generation's thoughts on what D.D. Fireman had to say on YouTube about going off on uh, how he feels about how the biker scene is treating the millennials. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, Good. Good, good, good. So what's your thoughts after hearing that? Uh, for those who haven't uh, heard it, it was actually on one of our other episodes where one of the millennial generation uh, came on and said, you know, he's not quite comfortable with what's going on in the biker scene, you know, like he don't fit in and all that good jive. Uh, I, I ride with a lot of older uh, bikers in the Vietnam era and stuff like that. I get along great with them. I, I joke around with them. I mess with them on fucking politics and stuff like that. Really, mm-hmm. kind of jabbing at them, just like they jab at me. Right. Uh, for me, it, it's like that. That's a lot of them. That's how they act. They jab with each other. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of stories of them messing with each other. Uh, I don't see the whole like. I come into the biker scene and they're just looking at me like I shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. No, I, I did see a lot of like his whole getup that he had on there, and for me, I, I don't know what kind of slang you guys use down there, because I'm in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, it screamed yuppie. What do you think about some of the stuff he was saying about how he didn't feel comfortable at bike nights, and you know, how our generation, Generation X, or the uh, older ones than us with the Vietnam generation, how they looked down on upon him and stuff like that, and he he even admitted he didn't even go up to anybody and talk to him. He just assumed. I, honestly, I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I'll mm-hmm. walk right through a room and not even really care. It, that, the whole biker thing was not giving a, sh- a fuck what anybody thought of you. Right. I don't care if I was greasy from head to toe and I just happened to show up at a restaurant and looking like that. I, you want to stare at me? Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. 
I'm right. out there doing my own thing. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be the biker scene was never about how I was represented in somebody else's eyes. It was how I acted and how I uh, represent myself. Like mm-hmm. with the whole being able to hold your own word and stuff like that. Right. Now, what were you thinking as he was talking, though? It, it had a, you know what, your generation, it's often picked on, and you know what, rightfully so, sometimes with the way some of the people act within your generation. But I just couldn't understand where he was coming from. So, for, you know, because I'm older, you know, I'm in my mid-40s and stuff like that, so... I was in the general, you know, in the biker scene at a totally different time when we thought totally different. It seems more like your generation. I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about those within your generation are becoming a lot more PC. Now, yeah. is that something that uh, you guys picked up, uh, you know, from school, or what the hell is going on out there? Because he really went off the rails kind of, you ask me, as yeah, far as well, how us older guys are. Well, that whole PC shit started when uh, fucking Columbine happened, to be honest with you, because I was in school when that all happened, and I mm-hmm. actually, because I'm an older millennial, and I started seeing that kind of transform where they started bringing cameras into the schools. Mm-hmm. They right. picked on somebody or, like, uh, during football, we had, like, rituals, that like, kind of initiation shit. Mm-hmm. It, that, that was all done. That that's when all that shit started, and then it just got worse as the years went on. Right. But that's the starting point was that whole Columbine bullshit because them kids were picked on. Mm-hmm. We had to be nicer to the other kids. <laughs> I, I, it kind of spiraled out of control, don't you think? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm got more of an old school. You fuck with me, I'm gonna fuck with you. Um, if you're not, if we're cool, then fine. Go your way, I'll go my way. I don't look for trouble, but if trouble comes, I'm going to fucking step up to it. Right, right. That, that's how I always looked at it. The whole PC shit, I, I, I cuss like a motherfucker. I don't really care what everybody thinks of me. I'm just going to go out and be me. If you don't like it, move along with your life. Mm. So what was your initial thoughts when you heard that? I, I just kept, like, what the fuck is this dude? He's scared to go talk to somebody. Um, it sounds like he has some issues with himself. Uh-huh. And, and then, I, like, when I was listening to it, because I had to actually go watch the video to see what he was talking about when he was talking about full riding gear. Right. And when I seen it, I was like, he wore that? I mean, <laughs> that, that's something I wouldn't even wear. I wear jeans, boots, and a fucking T-shirt. And right. my fucking vest. With all my fucking old school fucking patches that I got from my grandfather. Right. Well, for those who don't know and have, didn't hear the last episode, he was going off about how uh, they feel, he feels that we were, you know, he, and again, he never went up to anybody, but he, it's just what he felt, that they were making fun of him because of the gear that you got, you know, not you, but your generation wears. You know, because I see a lot of the younger generation with full get-ups, man. We're talking all the gloves, the jackets, the helmets, man. It's like they're freaking stormtroopers or some shit from Star Wars when they ride. I'm serious. I tend to, like, I, I really do. I hang out with, like, 60s and 70-year-old bikers. I, mm. I have, my grandfather was a badge holder up here. Uh, my dad was. I grew up around that whole 
the 60s and 70s and looked up to a lot of those guys. Like, my heroes are fucking just a dirty, old-school, greasy biker. Mm. That, that's how why is that? Why is it that you know you, you know because you said you were the uh, older half of uh, the millennial generation? Yeah. Why do you think but, that your generation of millennials are different than the ones below you? Well, I, I got a younger brother too, and he's just like me. He's twenty five right now. He mm-hmm. both me and him will work on our bikes. We ride our bikes, and we just we're out to have a good time on our bikes. That, that's mm-hmm. exactly what we're looking for. And he's a lot younger and from the further down generation than me. Right. I, I think it's actually just who he was brought up around. So if he was brought up around some just like non-riders, just kind of yuppie type people, mm-hmm. that's what he was molded into when he was growing up. Where I was right. looking up to like the old school bikers and like hearing stories when they got drunk about the old days and how they used to take off across the country and go to a campsite. That's what I wanted to do. Hearing all that shit was what I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm. I wanted to just be able to hop on that bike, take off, and end up in a fucking wooded area somewhere and have a party for three days. Well, (laughs) those were the good old days, let me tell you, before all these goddamn national rallies got all commercialized and shit like that. The best times that I ever had, man, coming up, and I came up in the early 90s, was, uh, like you said, just heading out to the woods or hitting a fucking lake and just partying all weekend, puking our guts out and fucking on the side of the beach, man. That's the way shit used to be, let me tell you. It's no joke. That's the way shit used to be. You know, nowadays it'd be like, hey, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. That's the way some of these bikers are becoming now. I see that. Like, I heard you talk about, like, more clubs now is bar-to-bar riding. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what's kept me from actually trying to even, like, start hanging around with a club. Because I know a few people around here that I could go hang out with and start getting introduced and stuff. But I don't want to just hop around from bar to bar. And I want to be able to, like, take off, go up to, we call it up north, which is anywhere north of where I live in Michigan. And find a wooded area and fucking party. Mm-hmm. Or take off across country to another clubhouse and go party at their place. I don't want to just go bar to bar and do all that shit. Right. Well, you know what? Nowadays, that uh, with all the Leos and shit like that, all the you know the profile and shit, that's basically what's leading a lot of people doing that. Uh, especially with the older guys, man, they just don't want to deal with the bullshit anymore that the cops have to throw at them. What's your generation's uh, look on all this uh, law enforcement that are you know? trying to get into clubs and you know what's your uh take on clubs that are actually uh taking these guys in their ranks uh as far as that goes fuck no no cop should be ever allowed into an mc period mm-hmm. I, I don't give a fuck what club it is and these legal clubs i don't think they're actual clubs it's interesting because a lot of the millennial bikers they're like you know they're just trying to do their job blah 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 it's like they really got they bought into it what they've been pushing because leos they're the best at propaganda bullshit let me tell you that i have to deal with them on a daily basis trying to hit our website and shit harleyliberty.com you can see them all coming in from all the stats and shit like that Checking us out. What are we doing now? What are we doing now? Because they, we hit them pretty hard over here at Insane Throttle. But yeah, uh, you know, I'm one of those fuck the police. I don't give a fuck about their feelings. 
Mm. <laughs> but where, a lot of the people is, I know do. Where do you think it's coming from, though? Why such the political correctness within your generation? And I'm not talking like, about you again. I'm just talking about your generation as a whole. I, I see a lot of it coming from, like, their parents. Um, mm. Like the, the non-millennial, non-biker crowd. The, mm. like the, cause the, the biker community did kind of, like, shrink as far as I can see it, like, it was right. the real bikers. And oh, let me tell you, it has. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That actually came in in the, you know, the early 90s. Actually, it was 94 or 95 when it was really bad. You know, I don't know how old you were at that time, but it started coming in real bad where you had these rubs, you know, the rub invasion, as we called it back then. You know, you had these rich urban bikers who were going through middle-age uh, crises that wanted to come aboard and think they can uh, play big, silly, badass biker. And next thing you know, 10 years later, they're trying to start their clubs and shit like that, go against all the protocol, everything that's been going on for decades within the scene. And next thing you know, they're whining and crying when they're getting booted on the freaking street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when I say yuppie, the, the rug word that you're using, that's what I mean. The yuppies, the, the, the fucking rich person mm-hmm. that went out and bought a Harley. I don't even consider them a biker. They just, they bought a bike, they're breaking it in for when I buy it when they sell it. Right. Well, that's about all they're good for, you know, because, you know, people yeah. always uh, ask me why I bang on Harley all the time. And, well, just like uh, today's episode on the biker anger where that uh, CEO, Matt Levetikic, came out and said, you know, it's not about being made in America anymore. That's not why people support us. It's about freedom. I was like, you know, you're trying to use a mantra that, you know, the outlaw bikers and all that shit used during the 80s and 90s now for your platform to take away from everybody knowing that you're not making your bikes in America anymore. And that's one of the biggest reasons why us old school guys and a lot of the clubs actually went to Harley because they were made in America. And yep. now they're all of a sudden they're, they're changing their tune and shit like that. But what's your what's your viewpoint on uh, Harley and uh, now the new tune of it's not about made in America, it's about freedom? I, I always support, like, the actual, like, motorcycle Harley, like, the old school Harleys. Like, mm. I, I got an 87 electric glide that I ride. Mm. Um, the newer school bikes, I'm not going to personally go out to the Harley dealership because they lost my business a long time ago because I've watched them rip people off and me standing there just trying to buy, like, a screw or something and right. they're charging this dude, like, $280 to change a tire. Right. When I could go up to a, a biker-owned motorcycle shop and pay $40 just to have the tire f- thrown on there and then bring it back and put it back on myself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and, like you got to have a second freaking mortgage on a fucking bike nowadays, yeah, man. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. When, when I can watch this uh, yuppie go out and pay thirty, forty thousand dollars for this bike, and I'm gonna get it for ten, twelve, three years later. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one <laughs> damn good thing that they have done for the freaking biking community. It was uh, go ahead ride that bike for a couple. Uh, thousand miles and just put it on the used market and next thing you know you got a damn cheap ass bike with uh no miles at all on the damn yep, so, yep, yeah that's I, the only thing they've done for us yeah they, they 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 buy the bike they put it in their garage they ride it around the block a few times they buy the t-shirts yeah. they tell everybody they own a harley they, oh yeah i go to harley too uh, how many miles you got at all oh, three thousand 
I'm like, my bike's got damn near 100,000 miles on it, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, they don't like riding much. Let me tell you about rubs. Man, they really don't like riding. <laughs> and that was the whole thing about, like, when I was listening to that guy, that was another thing I caught from him. Well, he's a yuppie. He's going out. He's definitely going to have a buy, start buying newer bikes. He's eventually going to get tired of it and sell me his bike with low miles on it. Uh, that, that's uh, his, his whole persona was... He's a weekend warrior. He, he takes off on the weekends, rides it here and there a little bit, goes to the bikes. Because I, 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 to be honest with you, like some of these like uh, bike nights around here, I don't even go to because it's basically a bunch of yuppies that bought bikes, put a whole bunch of money into them, and then go park them there to get their picture taken with them. Right. <laughs> and they're, trying to, they're, they're basically trying to win bike night in... I'm getting teased because, like, the whole harassing part, like, the older bikes I ride with, I was like, when are you going to wash that thing? I ride my bike too much to wash it. I'm trying to get rid of some of the chrome because I don't want to wash it because I ride it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what they're supposed to do is be be, uh, ridden and shit like that. What would you say to your generation? Would you say, hey, you know what, man the fuck up and, you know, get with the shit? Or what would you want to say to them? Definitely, man, the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Just do what you want to do. Don't fucking worry about anybody else and what they're thinking. I honestly think there is a lot out there like that. As far Mm -hmm. as my generation, it's just we're hard to find. We're we're in there, and you're seeing, like, the mass amount of the whining and the bitching, and you're not seeing the people underneath it that just don't give a fuck and keep on with their day. Mm -hmm. Right, right. We're out there. It's just we're really far and few in between. Well, where do you see, uh, you know, as we're aging out and stuff like that, especially the Vietnam veterans, where do you think your uh, generation's going to take the lifestyle when you guys get out at the helm? I'm hoping because uh, right now I'm just kind of poking around with the club scene, like the MC world, like knowing who I know. And I find that club that wants to take it back to the old school, riding partying, having fun, enjoying life. That That's mm-hmm. actually where, like, me and my brother and a few of my friends, that's where we were hoping we could find something to take it to. I, right. I want that old school, like, I take off and head down to Alabama or Florida or something and meet up with a whole bunch of other people and just kind of party all fucking weekend and then wondering what the fuck I did the next night. <laughs> well, rock on, man. You know what? I really appreciate you coming on uh, Motorcycle Madhouse and uh, giving, uh, you know, the opposite view of your generation. Because when I heard his view of, the, you know, of you know, the way his generation thought, I was like, man, there's got to be somebody out there in that generation that thinks like uh, the old timers do. And you proved that to be the case. With that, you got any uh, parting words? No, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Rock on, Chris, man. We really appreciate you having on the show and giving, uh, like I said, a viewpoint that uh, is not heard a lot from your generation, but uh, we really appreciate having you on. Not a problem. Rock on, man. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Bachkari. Now, two days a week. Tuesdays and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen and download all episodes for free on HarleyBikerNews.com. Or the show is available on all major podcasting platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. 
Now let's take this show to the next level with our up-and-coming band segment. Remember, you can listen and download all episodes for free on HarleyBikerNews.com or available on all major podcast platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more.
Hi, this is John with Exit 27, and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to hear more of our music? Head on over to Spotify or iTunes. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. The last week or so, we've been hearing a lot with uh, Fort Worth, Texas, how the police were when the Mongols showed up, the Vagos, and so on. Everybody's seen that famous video where the cops had everybody against uh, the wall, gun drawn, in a private establishment. Not to mention a little little eight-year-old kid in there, the owner's uh, grandbaby. She was only eight years old and had to see all that crap going down. Double D actually came out with a fantastic article. And if you don't know who Double D is, he's uh, from the Motorcycle Profiling Project. Hit that internet search engine, or I might, uh, if I don't forget, I'll put a link in the description box where you can go over to his site. It's everything about motorcycle profiling. This guy is tirelessly working for the club community and for bikers in general, so you got to give it to Double D. But let's go over his article, because apparently authorities have been misapplying the Texas law to disarm bikers down there. Now, you would think in Texas, you know, the right to bear arms and all that shit is, you know, almost a guaranteed thing, man. It's like sacred trying to go after them firearms down in Texas. So, when this all started going down with the Mongos and the Vagos and how the police harassment was, it was unheard of that they were just arresting people because they were wearing colors on. And the reason being is they were applying some kind of law where it makes it illegal for a known gang member to carry a firearm. So let's go into his article. And this is from Double D. The MPP has repeatedly reported on the rising trend in Texas of arrested members of motorcycle clubs for possession of weapons, including members that have no criminal record and that possess a license to carry or a concealed carry permit. Prosecutions following arrest and on September 21, 2018, a jury in El Paso convicted an individual with no criminal record solely for being a member of the Banditos Motorcycle Club in possession of a legal weapon. If this seems outrageous, your instincts are correct. The MPP, after conducting cursory research on 46.02, has identified precedent. Ex parte Flores, and it gives uh, the case number and all that stuff, that clearly articulates how law enforcement is currently misinterpreting and misapplying Texas statute in violation of the basic rule of evidence and the U.S. Constitution. Law enforcement and prosecutors should immediately cease and desist misapplying Texas statute. Applying Texas Penal Code 4602 to members of clubs with no criminal records and even LTCs, again, carry permits, would chill First Amendment Association and the doctrine of personal guilt. Quote, a cornerstone of American judicial prudence with uh, what's going on in Washington where, you you know, you're guilty until proven innocent. We just see the way this country is really going. 
And here's a summary of the ex parte Flores. Ex parte Flores decided by the Texas 14th Court of Appeals in November 2015 completely discredits law enforcement's current application of 46.02 to any member of a club labeled a criminal street gang by law enforcement found to be in possession of a weapon. The plain language of 4602 requires that the defendant must be one of three or more individuals continuously or regularly associating in the commission of criminal activities. To apply 4602 to any member of the Banditos, for example, relies on the incorrect construction of the statute that would be constitutionally arbitrary and overboard. Law enforcement and prosecutors' arguments that a defendant need not be involved in or even aware of the gang's criminal activity rely on an incorrect construction of the statute. The term member in section 4602 derives its content from the definition of a criminal street gang contained in section 7101. Read together, these provisions indicate that a gang member must be one of the three or more persons who continuously or regularly associate in the commission of criminal activities. Ex parte Flores explains that all evidence of criminal activity not directly connected to the defendant must be excluded under Rule 403. Moreover, 4602 does not authorize law enforcement's currently unfeathered, arbitrary, and discriminatory application of 4602 being applied to individuals for mere membership in what law enforcement labels a criminal street gang. The task to identify whether an individual continuously or regularly associates in the commission of criminal activity is well within the normal law enforcement duties during a traffic stop. No indication of a criminal record, no outstanding warrants, or possession of a T or a LTC are clear indications that an individual is not continuously or regularly associated in the commission of criminal activity. Finally, applying 4602 solely based on membership in a motorcycle club violates the First Amendment and the doctrine of personal guilt. There is no evidence that by merely wearing a 1% colors and an individual is involved in or associated with the alleged violent or criminal activity of other 1%er members. It is a fundamental principle that the government may not impose restrictions on an individual, quote, merely because an individual belongs to a group, some members of which committed acts of violence. In fact, the Supreme Court has long disapproved governmental action denying rights and privileges solely based on a citizen's association with an unpopular organization. That coming from Healy v. James, 408 U.S. 169. To permit law enforcement to arrest and prosecutors to charge any person who wears the insignia of the One Percenter Club without regard to or knowledge of that individual's specific intent to engage in the alleged violent activities committed by other members. It's unethical to the basic principles enshrined in the First Amendment and repugnant to the fundamental doctrine 
a personal guilt that is hallmark of American jurisprudence. So, what did the jury say it's illegal for a bandito to possess a gun? The recent conviction of bandito Didi in El Paso was unjust and raises some serious questions. The requirement of personal guilt should have been explained to the jury. Why would every attorney involved not be aware of ex parte floris? Why would evidence of crimes not directly connected to DT be entered into evidence considering Rule 403 is a basic rule of evidence? Sounds like DT needed a better fucking lawyer. The MPP has every hope that DT will be successful on appeal and that this recent trend will come to an end. Or at the very least, that those continually to falsely arrest and maliciously prosecute individuals based on a misinterpretation and application of a statute will be held responsible. All law enforcement agents, law enforcement agencies, and prosecutors should immediately cease and desist applying 4602 to individuals solely based on membership in a motorcycle club that authorities label a criminal street gang. Probable calls for an arrest under 4602 requires that an individual not only express association, but also be directly involved in the continuous or ongoing criminal activity of the organization. Absent other specific evidence, a clean criminal history check or a valid LTC are factors that can be established during a traffic stop that evaporate the probable cause necessary to establish that an individual is a member of a criminal street gang by statute, and hence, subject to arrest and prosecution under Texas Penal Code Section 4602, which prohibits possession of weapons by members of a criminal street gang. There's simply no excuse for prosecutors in these jurisdictions. A basic understanding of the rules of evidence reveals that any criminal activity not directly connected to the defendant has no prohibited value, is unduly prejudicial, and should be properly excluded under the rule. Arrest of motorcycle club members with no criminal records for illegal possession of weapons in El Paso, Fort Worth, Houston, and elsewhere in Texas should not be happening. Proper training and understanding the constitutional principles and relevant law would prevent such miscarriages of justice. And, you know, I know I'll get a lot of those who are law enforcement uh, pole suckers, as I call them, because no matter what, the cops don't do nothing wrong to these people. Hey, they're there to do a job, and if it wasn't for one percenters doing criminal activity, they have nothing to worry about. Blah, 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 blah. That's all I have to fucking say to you guys. You know, go over to Law Abiding Biker if you want to fucking talk that bullshit. Uh, anyway, what you're seeing right now is Texas is the epicenter of what's going on with motorcycle profiling. And if we don't watch it and we don't start getting in a fight with Double D and, you know, the Confederation of Clubs... You're going to start seeing these fucking Vlambaws start popping up like they got over in Oz. And there's, uh, actually, I did, I uh, interviewed him on Motorcycle Madhouse. If you have any questions, look uh, for Kev in the comment sections of any of the videos. He's from Australia. 
and he can tell you what them land laws are all about. And right now, it looks like the Texas PD and all the prosecutors down there are trying to do anything and everything possible to skewer penal codes used against club members. Now, again, for those poll fucking suckers, you know, well, let's just call them the blue gang poll suckers. How the hell can you come back and say, well, he's a bandito, he's a criminal. Well, it just says this guy had no criminal record, had the proper concealed carry permit, and just because he was wearing colors, which is protected by the First Amendment, by the way, is a criminal. Now, that's an argument I really never got. Especially in the case where, I remember I did the last video uh, in response to Chuck. For everything a fucking one percenter does, your blue crew gang does ten times worse. Right now in Chicago, we got a trial going on with a cop. He fucking put 14 or 15 bullets in somebody in his back. But hey... And what's even funnier is the motherfucker didn't do nothing. All he did was turn his fucking bag and he got all kinds of fucking bullets in him. So it really does get irritating when you hear, you know, you poll suckers out there. Because I know most of you are freaking trolls from uh, law-abiding uh, biker and that fucking faggot uh, over there. But uh, it does get tiring. And remember, if they can use this kind of law against club members... They're going to start using this shit against everybody wearing a fucking patch. And this can go anything from CMA to veterans organizations to even freaking hog members. Ask Kev from Australia. That's what they're doing over there right now. They get to skew the law any way they want. What it's really called is Gestapo tactics. Really. <laughs> you gotta use your freaking brain. Hey, I get it. You want to support the fucking blue gang. That's on you guys, man. Do what you gotta do. Handle your business the way you want to handle it. But to go out there and say that everybody's a freaking criminal in a one percenter club, you're fucking stupid. You really are. Because it's actually the flip opposite in a one percent. You know, I know it's a one percenter club, but it's opposite. 99.9% .9 of the guys in a 1%er club, they hold full-time jobs. It's fam, it's work, family, then club. You guys are stuck in this 1980s, 1990s, 1970s way of freaking thinking. It's just not that way anymore. It really isn't. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, clubs have to freaking evolve, because I actually got a question, and that was actually a good talking point on one of the comments. I'll actually bring that shit up on the live session. Yeah, get off fucking track now. <laughs> anyway, yeah, some shit has to evolve within clubs, but the way you poll suckers are looking at this whole thing is actually kind of fucking ignorant. It really is. It, 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 it's, it's true blue ignorant. And not to make a comment with true blue, but anyway, it's ignorant. 
And the reason why it's ignorant is because you're out there, you're watching these damn TV shows, or, you know, you're watching these freaking reality series, and it gets in your mind that that's what it is. It's not like that out there anymore. Yeah, motherfuckers are out there doing their thing. But it's only a few amongst the fucking clubs that are doing that shit. You honestly think if there, uh, a club's a criminal freaking enterprise, that it'd be only one or two people doing the shit in a chapter? No, the whole motherfucking thing would be like the goddamn Costa Nostra. <laughs> really? These motherfuckers, these guys would be running around on goddamn $50,000 bikes. They'd be living in million, you know, it just don't make no sense where you fucking uh, pole suckers come from. It really don't. Because the ignorance shows. And this was always the problem, especially in the mid-90s and the early 2000s with rubs. You guys thought you knew what the hell you were talking about. You know nothing of what you're talking about. Nothing. You know, you were raised with your spoon-fed bullshit in your mouth growing up, and you got your college degree, you got your freaking white-collar bullshit job, making, what, you know, 100000 whatever it is, but then you got it up your ass that, hey, I'm middle-aged, I need to let loose, you know, because I was too fucking chicken shit in college to let loose and go get you some. So now, you want to live on the wild side. You want to go buy a Harley, and you want to get your little pretty vest, and get out there and act like you're an expert on a fucking lifestyle that you've only been a part of maybe five years at the most. And you base your freaking experience or your views on TV? Really? Come on, man. It's fucking ignorant bullshit. I suggest... Because Big Kaz just put out a fucking great video over on his channel. I'd go over there and watch that. And I, you know what? That's straight from the heart what he said. It talks about, you know, the one percenter lifestyle and all that stuff. You know, about it being about family, work, club. Yeah, the one percenter shit is basically doing it your way. That don't mean you're a fucking criminal. Come on, man. If that was the freaking case, the jails would be overloaded with goddamn fucking bikers. And as you knew, on Motorcycle Madhouse, I brought on, because I give everybody their side of the story, I brought on a Leo, a corrections officer. Even he admitted, there's not a lot of fucking bikers in the joint. You know, so come on, man. If there's some big criminal organization, or there's some street gangsters... You think they'd be getting busted left and right. Or, if they're not, you're saying that the cops ain't doing their job then. Is that what you're saying? You know, you can't have it both ways, man. You can't push the media propaganda bullshit. You really can't. <laughs> really, man, you can't. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that, man, because I'm getting worked up and shit like that. But what's going on in Texas is bullshit. Those who are out there are freaking... Pushing this fucking pole shit. You are. You're a bunch of pole suckers to me. You're out there saying that cops can do no bad. But on the other hand, you're probably those fucking guys that are running around. Second Amendment. Second Amendment. Well, the NRA should be actually involved in this case going on right now. Because the dude 
was perfectly freaking legal, man. He had his concealed carry the whole nine yards. If it was such a problem, and see, I hold the Utah one, because I ain't paying, you know, $600 for a fucking Illinois one, so, you know, I don't carry in Wisconsin, Illinois, everywhere, or not Illinois, but Iowa, Indiana, everywhere else but fucking in, uh, Illinois. Go figure, you fucking liberal fucks. But if it was such a problem, why did they issue him a CCW? Because you know what? Those who are in clubs are usually fucking tagged by cops. You know, that's why they go around doing their little license plates checks and shit when you're at a fucking party. It's because they can enter you into the system as being affiliated with one of these clubs. So if that was the problem, that would have came right up on a CCW check. Must not have been that much of an issue now, shouldn't it? Anyway, just so you know, quick note, Ferdinand Freddy Angelo was convicted today. The jury just came back uh, for the, two th or the 2012 murder of April Kaufman. Her husband, uh, Dr. James Kaufman, long dead because he was a fucking piece of shit, fucking coward. He went and committed suicide. Strangled at his own hands inside of a jail cell while awaiting trial. Uh, they deliberated for two hours on the case, so he's facing about 100 years in prison right now. And I know you poll suckers are going to come back and say, well, look, you talked all that shit, and next thing you know, you're talking about fucking Ferdinand getting, butt, you know, convicted on uh, murder. <laughs> That's not the whole fucking Pagan's Motorcycle Club, man. It really, it ain't. <laughs> Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this program. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and check me out over on Biker Angle. Also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle cracked wide open. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. There are 10,000 wine grape varietals worldwide. Here's to thousands and thousands of gift possibilities. Chardonnay paired with lobster mashed potatoes? Simply delicious. I know just the right $10 bottle for your white elephant party. The most stolen gift award is yours guaranteed. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Holiday tips and wine stories from Kristen and Paul at Total Wine & More. The sweetness of a maple-glazed ham paired with a bourbon barrel-aged Cabernet. We went there. Now my taste buds are hopping. I can help you impress the boss with a great bottle of wine. Here's to a raise in 2019. As you check off that gift list, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine & More. Come explore at our 12 Northern Virginia locations. Now open in Reston at Plaza America Center, across from Whole Foods. Shop online at TotalWine.com.